Welcome to the podcast where you eavesdrop into conversations between my friends and I on a weekly basis. My name is Lily Jo, I'm a singer, songwriter and I perform shows all over the world. I'm a qualified counsellor and an emotional well-being coach. You can also check out my award-winning online mental health resource, The Lily Jo Project. I know you will find gems of wisdom within the conversations that I have with my friends. Hopefully you will find tools and resources that you can hold on to, try and test for yourself all around the important subject of mental health and personal development. I am so pleased to welcome you to today's episode of Eavesdrop. So today I'm joined on the podcast by Emma Borquay. And Emma is founder of the award-winning online magazine Girl Got Faith. I met Emma back in 2016 at the Premier Digital Awards where we were both winners. Yes. Hi, Emma. Hi. How are you? Great, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you for coming out of your way to Sidcup. Yeah. Do you know what? It's not even that much out of my way. It's not, is it? No. It's out of my way. Yeah, very much. <laughs> it's a long way for me. But it's really nice to be here on your kind of side of the M25. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Good to be here. Sun shining. We're outside in this little VIP garden. There's yellow and white tenting around us and a few nice plants. Yeah, there's a nice olive plant. I've been eyeing that one up. Do you think it's real? Oh, <laughs> I think it might be actually. Oh, I hope it's real. I, I really want to get one, but I don't know how to look after them. So, mm, Okay, so yes, this leads into my first question, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you're now a, a wife. Yeah. And then you have your own home. Yeah. And you're shopping for plants. Yeah. <laughs> how does it feel to be an adult? Oh, my days. Being an adult is so weird. Isn't it just the it weirdest thing? It is so weird. I don't know. I just can't get my head around it. I, I feel like I've got that thing where, what's it called? Imposter syndrome. Oh. Where you feel like you're faking it. And then oh, no. you and then you're going to get found out and I'm really like 16 <laughs> and I don't actually know what I'm doing and I'm just pretending to be an adult. That's how I feel. Oh, wow. Fine. Do you feel like marriage and being an adult is how you imagined it when you were a kid? I think I thought that I was going to feel a lot older than what I feel. Yeah. I don't know. I think when you're young, you always think of like 25 or 30 or however as like, oh, that's old. That's like my aunties. Um, See, I don't know. You think, oh, you're old. You've got children and all this. But then you get there and you're like, oh, I'm still young. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my friends had this conversation once about like, when is it that you become a lady? Yeah. You know, I still identify as a girl, but yeah. like, I'm so not a girl. I'm so an actual adult. So when do you become a lady? I don't know. Maybe you have to do lady things. <laughs> like what? I don't know. Maybe. Throw afternoon tea parties or something. Yeah. And I think you have to be like good at certain things to be a lady. Oh, like have your own niche. Yeah. Like, like you're good at knitting and... Yeah. And I think you have to be good at like a certain <laughs> dish... Maybe you have to have a party trick. Like, I don't know if this is a good message to be putting out. What do you think? No, not a dish. <laughs> you can only be a lady if you can do certain things. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I, oh, yeah, maybe Sorry. not. I don't want to succumb to the stereotypes. Exactly. Because I completely disagree with them. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's, it just comes at a time when we don't expect it. Yeah, and one day you'll just introduce yourself and be like, I am a lady. Maybe I'll just start from now. Should we just make a pact that yeah. we're going to call ourselves ladies? Yeah. <laughs> and if anyone calls you a girl, you have to correct them from now on. Absolutely. Okay, great. New thing. 
ladies. So you said just then that stereotypes mm-hmm. are annoying. Yeah. Tell me about that. I feel like all stereotypes are bad. They just don't yeah. have, I just don't know what the good is in any kind of stereotype. Mm, and I so think true. for a long time, things weren't really seen as stereotypes. So things like what a woman's role is in the house or something like that. And it can cause so much anxiety in people if they feel like they can't live up to a certain standard or feel like they're less than because they're not meeting how they're supposed to be Mm. or that they can't fit in in a certain place or and I just don't really feel like it's anything of what I'm about I feel like I'm much more about being inclusive and equality and how I like to try different things Mm. and I like that even within the home so within like the man and wife I guess stereotypes that I think my husband's better at cleaning than me. So I'm like, would love him to do that. <laughs> so yeah. if we had to live to those stereotypes, I think our house would be an absolute tip and we would have burnt food every night. So yeah, sure. Okay, so you're the cook around the house. Oh, uh, no, I don't think, <laughs> I, no, I don't think I'm anything. I'm probably like the entertainment, I'd say. Oh, okay. What's your favorite yeah. party trick? Um, oh, the one when you twirl the plates under your arm. See, this is a podcast, so I can't show you. No. But when you hold the plate... Oh, yes, I get and it. And then you go like under your yeah. elbow, round and over your head Ooh, and back down without I dropping like anything that. off the plate. That is a very cool party trick. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Girl Got Faith. Yes. Um, so Girl Got Faith, I started it around three years ago. And I call it the Teen Girls Guide to Faith, Beauty and Lifestyle. So it's an online magazine and a YouTube channel, basically all with the purpose of encouraging girls to just find the gold that's within them, be the best versions of themselves. I love it. I love that message so much. And what kind of impact do you feel like you're making on the world? Wow, I think it's so hard, isn't it, to know? Yeah, it's hard Um, to quantify, actually, isn't it? Yeah. I read something once, I can't remember who it was by, and it was about preachers, but I feel like it applies to kind of like any person doing anything in the world. But it's that you often won't know, you will never know the full impact of what you do. And sometimes it might only be until like you get to heaven one day or Mm. something like that when you you truly realise the impact that you've had, but you just have to be comfortable with knowing that you don't know the ins and outs of anyone's lives and it's so hard to know the impact that you're having. But I do hope that it does yeah. have some kind of impact. Absolutely. So you're a Christian. Tell us about your faith and what brought you to faith and that kind of thing. I became a Christian when I was seven. So that's like super young. So it kind of feels a bit weird to say that, but I don't know, because I think of seven-year-olds now and I'm like, oh, could you become a Christian? But I think it really was a real encounter for me. And it's been my journey, I guess, has been more about walking with God through my life Mm -hmm. and just seeing him work in every day. And that's been a massive part of my Christian journey and just going through the ups and downs with God by my side and just having him as a close friend and a father and working out that relationship through different seasons of life and what that might look like. And I've I've got a really supportive family. My family are all Christians. Mm -hmm. That's been a massive... Thing for me, and also another reason why I started Girl Got Faith. Okay, because um, my sisters, they were kind of the ones that encouraged me and my faith a lot, and they really kept me on the path, and they encouraged me a lot, and they just they showed me what it was like to live as a Christian, as a girl, as a teenager. And I felt like, wow, what about all the girls that don't get that? What if they don't have big sisters and they don't have people to talk to? So I thought, wow. oh, Girl Got Faith could be like that big sister. Yes, and it so is. I love it. And yeah. um, my Instagram, I follow a lot of people on my Instagram. So I don't always see posts, but when I see yours on 
the Girl Got Faith. It's at Girl Got Faith, isn't it? Yeah. When I see yours, I'm always like, ah, oh, it just makes me smile and it encourages me. And I think it's so important for young people to have those role models and those influences in their life that they can look up to. Yeah. When I was a teenager growing up, I had the Worldwide Message tribe. Oh my gosh, I love them. Because <laughs> I obviously grew up in Manchester and... It was very much a part of my teenage years was being able to go to these amazing shows and see from the stage these incredible role models who were Christians and had faith because that made me feel like I'm not weird because like you, I grew up in a Christian family, always went to church on a Sunday. There was a point when I was about 11 when my mum said to me, you don't have to come anymore if you don't want to, which I think was really brave of her. But I think she was conscious that she didn't want to brainwash me. But I decided I wanted to because for me, church was community and it was family and there were people there that I wouldn't see in the week. But I think it was really important as a teenager to have those role models and those people that I could look up to and go, ah, you're not weird, even though they wore weird clothes. (laughs) Sorry, guys. But there are, you know, positive role models for me was really important. So what you're doing is incredible. Oh, thank you. So we've mentioned a little bit in brief about anger. Yeah. When I think of the word anger, I think bright red and black. Yeah. It's so angry. (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting, isn't it? Because guys, what's the difference between guys expressing anger and girls expressing anger? I think as I got older, I realized that as a girl, I don't think anybody ever really spoke to me about anger. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people did speak to boys about it. And I think anger is kind of seen as like a boy's trait or a man's trait. And it's like, that's how men express emotion is anger. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was something that I kind of started to realize as I got older that I didn't really know how to deal with anger or what it was meant to feel like. And so I'd often just kind of revert to crying or just getting like super emotional or whatever, but not really understanding the feelings that I had. And I just always wished that I had actually been taught what anger Mm. was and how to deal with it in the right way. Because I think anger can sometimes be a good thing. Like I said, all emotions are really important. Yeah. But I think, yeah, as girls we've not really been taught much about it. Do you feel like you were taught much um, it? No, it was almost like a not allowed thing. Like yeah. you're not allowed to be angry, like you said. And if I was angry, that was sinful and wrong and bad. Yeah. Whereas when I went through my counselling experience, like learning how to become a counsellor, I realised that anger was really normal. Yeah. And it was a real emotion that I'd completely pushed down and ignored my whole life. And so... When I actually realized that, I was able to sort of lift the lid a little bit and get angry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about the things that I probably never had the chance to get angry about. Have you got any experiences personally of anger and dealing with that in your own life? Yeah, I think, well, I think even just when you get married, of course. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you get angry all the time. But no, um, <laughs> not like that. But I think, yeah, you do you're very close to one person. You are really vulnerable. You're really exposed. And I think they will see things of your character that you've often been able to just deal with silently or alone. So I think when you're just living by yourself or with family or something where you you wouldn't necessarily talk about your angry feelings, that 
if you are feeling a type of anger, you kind of deal with it internally. Yeah. Whereas I think when you're then married and you have someone who's close to you, or even if you have a best friend that you live with or just somebody who's really close in your life, I think sometimes then you can start to unearth that anger. But then when you unearth it, it can be a bit scary and a bit daunting. And you're like, whoa, wait, why am I going so like off the rails about this? Sure. So yeah, I think more, yeah, it's definitely been something that I've experienced more in marriage, not because my husband's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But just because I think I've come to realise that part of me a bit more. Um, Almost like marriage is a bit of a mirror, isn't it? Yeah. Like you're sort of being faced every day with that person who you are really close to, who you love wholeheartedly and who you can be really honest with. So all the emotions and all the feelings that you have are just kind of staring right back at you, I guess. Definitely. And it's about the thing of kind of somebody noticing things in you. And I think sometimes you can feel angry about that Mm -hmm. because you are vulnerable and you're seeing that mirror reflection of yourself and you're like, wait, no, I don't want to be like that. Or no, that's not me. And you get defensive. And I think, yeah, probably defensiveness was my biggest form of anger for me personally. I think it was more of a, oh, wait, nobody else thinks that I'm like that. Why do you think that I'm like that? Yeah, how dare you think that about me? Yeah, but actually you you need to see it as a, a sign of, love and that somebody's trying to help you or care for you but sometimes if you're tired or just already upset about something else that it can kind of turn into anger when it's not kind of responded to in the right way yeah sure if there's someone listening today who is angry what advice would you give to them i would say just be open about it but not kind of with anyone and everyone but with a trusted person if you feel that you don't actually have a trusted person then I would 100% recommend seeing a counsellor and speaking to someone about it because I think that is just a massively important thing to have somebody to speak to because I think when we don't speak about things and when we keep things in that like dark place within us they just can spiral out of control and they can we can feel a bit overwhelmed by them. But I think as soon as you speak something out loud, there's a real freeness that comes with yeah, it. And amazing. you can help yourself to understand it a bit better. And I think all emotion is just about understanding it better. Yeah, absolutely. I think something that's helped me in the past is to write down my thoughts and feelings in a journal. Oh, that's so good. And just journaling how I'm feeling and the anger that I'm feeling. And then if it's potentially with my husband or a friend or my mum or my dad or whoever it is, if I journal it first, I'm almost practicing and I'm getting all the the harshness out in the journal. That's so good. First, and then I can go to the person and there's less of a sting. Yeah. Because I've kind of thought it all through. And then part of it, as I've written it down, I've felt, well, I don't really need to say that. And they're probably just saying that or doing that to me because of this. And you can sort of look at it with empathy rather than all from your side. That's so true. Yeah. I really do try in in everyday life to not react in the moment. How do you feel about that? Like if someone hurts you or upsets you, what do you do? Yeah, that is such a good one, isn't it? I think it's so weird. I feel like you're a bit different in different circumstances. Mm. So I think in a professional environment, 
you're like so calm and I don't know what it oh, is. Yeah. Like, I don't well for me anyway, I feel like if anything happens within work or anything that's not kind of really personal, I think there's a real detachment to it and you can just be like, that's fine. Like yeah. and be really cool about it all and not take anything to heart. But it's so weird. Like as soon as it's someone who you're really close to, like a really close friend or a partner or a family member, I think that's when you feel maybe more comfortable so you're not quite so careful with how you respond and I think previously I have tended to respond too quickly to things and not really given a chance to hear someone out completely Mm. or just assumed what the end of their sentence is going to be before they've got there yeah um but I've really learned to kind of yeah just allow someone to finish try and see the best in what they're saying um pause to hear what they want to say and I think sometimes if you do feel those for me anyway if I felt that kind of like burning anger within you and you're like no that's not true that's not me or you're just annoyed about something they've said or done or whatever to just give it a moment so good yeah to just I guess if if they need a response right away practice just saying do you know what I just need to think about this so good and not feel pressured to say something back straight because I think that can sometimes be the trap that we fall into as well isn't it I've done that quite a bit actually where people have tried to there's been a misunderstanding people have tried to ring me and I've been like actually just sent them a quick text saying actually do you mind if we speak tomorrow when I've slept on it yeah sleep is so good for that isn't it yeah and I know like a lot of the advice is don't go to sleep angry, you know, or don't let, don't let your arguments... What's the, what don't is let it? the sun go down on your anger. Yeah, which I get. But there are some times within our relationship, Dave and I, where we're that knackered and exhausted and we've been touring or it's busy and we just need to sleep and then circle back in the morning yeah. when we've actually slept on it. So I think it's a little bit conflicted, that advice in some ways. But I think personally for me, I need to sleep on things. Yeah, definitely. No, 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 Counselling is a talking therapy which can provide support and treatment for a wide range of mental health and emotional issues. It offers a safe and confidential space where you can discuss your problems and difficult feelings openly. Counselling Directory connects you with professional support. Please find a link to their amazing website in the description box below. So obviously we've talked a bit about marriage Mm -hmm. in this episode and... You've been married how long is it now? Um, just over three years. Three years. Yes. And you're married to... Isaac. Isaac. So he has a busy schedule. You have a busy schedule. You know, you're both entrepreneurial. You're both pushing out into exciting things. How do you manage to stay grounded and together and at one, really, amongst all of that? You know, if there's anyone listening today who who has a touring husband or partner or someone who has a partner who works long hours and is a doctor on shift or that kind of thing. You know, what do you do in order to kind of nurture your marriage? I think the first thing practically that we did really early on was have a shared calendar. Yes, I love that. <laughs> it's genuinely, I think it's like a lifesaver for all aspects of life. That is literally my first response to this question when I get asked it. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It's Which so one good. do you use? This is so geeky. Just like the iPhone calendar. Just what iCal. is that other ones? 
Oh my gosh. <gasps> yeah, there's one called Hub, which I absolutely love. Oh. And it's a, again, diary sharing, but you can put to-do lists in it. It's like pick up wow. the milk. You can add photos in it. <gasps> That's so nice. And yeah, Hub for us, because we had a nanny for a while. And so she was added to that as well. So she That's could crazy. see everything that was going on and we could see everything that was going on. That just saved our lives. Oh my days, I'm going to need to see that. So yeah. what is it, just hub.com? It's called hub, but I'll put the link in the description box below for anyone interested. But I will be clicking that link. Honestly, calendar sharing. Yeah. High no, five. That is, yeah, that's <laughs> a real important one, I think. Because it's just about managing expectations, isn't it? Because I think when we first got together, Isaac still had a really busy schedule. He was He's always been doing what he's been doing ever since I met him and when we first met I was actually at university so my schedule was very different very chilled what did you study I studied journalism amazing yes. obviously Oops. no it was fun it was good fun but I was actually quite excited to finish my degree I got a bit bored of it oh really but I don't know I think I like work life Enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, so when we first got together, I was at university and Isaac was doing his normal entrepreneurial lifestyle. So he was here, there and everywhere, very busy touring. And I used to always ask him, I'd be like, oh, um, are you free on Saturday? Can we do something? He'd be like, oh, no, sorry, I've got this thing that I've got to do. And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. What about Tuesday? He'd be like, oh, no, sorry, I've got this work thing. And I'm like, oh, what about Wednesday? I can feel your heart He's like, sinking. No, sorry. And I'm like, do you even like me? <laughs> And he's like, no, but Thursday I'm free. You didn't get to Thursday. I'm like, I'm not going to go through all the days of the week. So then it was from then. So it was really early on that we had a shared calendar. Brilliant. Um, but yeah. it just massively helps to manage expectations and just see you when there's the busy periods coming up mm-hmm. and just being able to talk through it and work out when you are going to see each other and stuff yep. like that. And also knowing one another's love language is really important. Oh, yes. Talk about love languages. Yeah, because my love language is quality time, which isn't helpful when you have two really busy schedules. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think we've kind of learned to navigate that in a way. Like Isaac is incredible. At is his love language the same or not? No. Oh, it's he, really awkward, isn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> he's so annoying with his love language. He always says it changes. He's like, oh, no, I don't know what it is. I think it's changed now. I'm like, oh, that's not helpful. Really not so, helpful. So yeah, his kind of like differs. I think it's usually like acts of service. Yeah. Maybe words of affirmation, but I don't think mm-hmm. he really would say that but I think it is yeah yeah that is so good so the five love languages is a book by Gary Chapman isn't it and I'll put the link to that in the description box below but that changed our marriage as well yeah knowing exactly what it was that I needed and what he needed to keep our love tanks full yeah so often we show love in the way that we want to receive love yeah but that's not always the way that our partner receives so often we are matched with someone who's got a different love language to yeah. us yeah it's so, so weird isn't I'll it? be showing love to Isaac by wanting to spend time with him but for him that doesn't speak love at all and what speaks love to him is acts of service whereas I'm like oh I'm not doing the cooking I'm not doing the washing up I'm not doing anything I'm not helping you and he's like I feel so unloved right now so it's about being able to speak their language yep. and them knowing your language to speak that to you yeah it's so good and once you know that it's like a complete freedom isn't it like I am quality time as well and my husband is acts of service really (laughs) how weird (laughs) 
so for him, it's like if he comes home from work and I mean, we're talking stereotypes again, really. But if he comes home from work and the house is really tidy and there's, you know, I've cooked dinner and that kind of thing, he feels so loved by me. But if he says to me, oh, can I take you out for dinner or should we go on a date to this place? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's thinking about what I need. So it's, yeah, it's not stereotypical. It's literally a deep yearning from within isn't it yeah and you take the quiz don't you and you have loads of different scenarios to respond to and that's how you find out what your love language is it's not like you just pick one from a random list no you take the the test and there's five and obviously you choose the answers that match you yeah and last night yes no lie we did the apology language there's a new one yes i've heard about that it's so good but i haven't taken the test Oh, you need to take it. Okay. It's really good. So my apology language was expressing regret. Okay. So I think that means that you... So it says something about how you don't need someone to explain or make a solution or anything. You just need them to say, I'm sorry, I know I've done wrong. So they just have to express their regret. And that's it, really. Great. But other ones... I can't remember what the other ones were. I can't remember what Isaac's was. That's not good, is it? <laughs> need to do it again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's there's five of those. As Brilliant! Well. And is that an app that people can download? I think you just take the test on the website, on just the five website. Love, five love languages dot com, and then I think you do the apology language Brilliant. one on there. Yeah, I think there is an app as well for the five love languages you see. So I'm wondering if it's on the app. Yeah, have a and look. There's an anger one on there as well. Oh, like on topic. Test, I think. Great. I yeah, so maybe people can hop on and find out what their anger language is. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's not on the five love languages. Maybe we're maybe talking different resources. Different. Yeah. I think because this, this podcast got me thinking about anger. So I was like, oh, let me take an anger test. <laughs> what did you find? It said a medium. So not very it's oh. like, great, but work can be done. Oh, okay. So, Fair enough. Yeah. So what else did you find when you were looking up well, anger? <laughs> Really, I think that was the depth of my online search. <laughs> Amazing. Sorry, gone down a bit of a rabbit hole. No, that's absolutely fine. Okay, so could you just talk to us? You know, we're going to kind of wind up soon, but what have you got coming up next? Is there anything exciting we can look forward to in terms of Girl Got Faith? Oh, yes. So for Girl Got Faith, we're, I guess we're just hoping to do loads more exciting stuff. So just more online content, um, more videos, Mm -hmm. more, we want to do more like live stuff. So more live chats and conversations. Nice. Things just kind of utilizing the media that we've got, because that's what Girl Got Faith is all about. It's about meeting people exactly where they're at. And for our our audience, which is kind of teen girls, online is where they're at. Absolutely. On, their phones, on Instagram, on wherever. So we just want to be able to take whatever we're doing there to where they are. So yeah, just we want to just keep growing, keep being creative, moving with the times and just responding to what's going on in the world. So it's quite, it's always a difficult question when someone's like, what's next? Yeah, Come sure. Out, I don't know what's next in the world, but true. Yeah, no, it's an exciting time. And mm. just, I'm so grateful for all the people that work on it. And it's amazing. Yeah. So teen girls, if they're listening right now, what advice would you give then to your teenage self? Ooh, I love this question. I don't know. Um, (laughs) It sounds like you were a pretty good teenager. I think I was quite a good teenager. Do you know what it was? Is I, as a teenager, I always kind of hid behind that thing of being the good teenager. Oh, okay. I've uncovered something here. Yeah. So I think I got really 
comfortable with being the good one. But then I always wanted to push the boundaries a little bit. But then I never liked it when I got in trouble for it or got found out about it or anything. But then I think that led to like a lot of just me kind of holding in a lot of things and being quite secretive. And that whole thing of, I guess, not being able to express then what you're really feeling or what you're thinking in case people think badly of you. Mm -hmm. Because I think I got so comfortable with just being this person that everyone was like, oh, Emma's fine. Emma's doing well. Emma's great. She's not struggling with anything. She's okay. So then when I was struggling with something, I was like, oh, I can't tell anyone. I don't want to let down this picture that I've built up of me Mm. being okay and just the one that anyone can talk to and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I think... It would have helped me a lot if I could have just been a bit more open and a bit more real from a young age. Yeah. Because that's something I've massively valued in growing up. Mm. And I think it's really helped me just in life in general, all over well-being. So if I'd learned that from a younger age, I think I would have done well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about being open and being honest. So even if you have the same label as Emma of the good girl, actually, it's really important that you're open and that you're honest and that you're able to share. Maybe even now, think about one or two people that you can be open and honest with. And so when you are struggling, you can say, I'm really struggling and I know I've got this label of being perfect and having it all together, but I'm really struggling. Can you help me? Yeah. And the thing is, most of the time, whenever you do that, when I started to get into the habit of doing that more you work up in your head so much that people are going to be shocked or they're going to be like, oh my gosh, or think that you're having a breakdown. But people really don't. Like people just want to be there for you. They love you so much. Yeah, so good. you just don't realise that, do you, until you actually speak out about it. So you shouldn't deny people from loving you. Absolutely. Oh, I like that. That's going to be a quote that we use for this podcast. You shouldn't deny people from loving you. (laughs) I don't know if that's a very good quote. (laughs) It felt good in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me here at Lark in the Park today, Emma. I really appreciate you spending the time and thank you for your wise words and your advice. And where can people follow you and find out more about what you're up to and what you're doing? So if you want to follow Girl Got Faith, it's just at Girl Got Faith on all social media. And if you want to follow me, then it's just at Emma Borkway, which is really hard to spell. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I could spell it. Okay, so... Emma, and then B-O-R-Q-U-A-Y-E. Yes, there you go. Yeah, You've heard there's not it. really an easy way to remember that. But just go on Girl Got Faith and I'm sure you'll find me somewhere on there. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Emma. Thank you. And hopefully we'll hear from you soon. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. No, 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 I'm for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did please be sure to subscribe and if you're feeling generous why not share with your friends please check the description box below for extra links and further information to some of the topics discussed in today's episode also you'll find information about what's coming next for further information top tips and advice on all kinds of mental health issues including low mood anxiety self-harm eating disorders and more please do check out www.thelilydoeproject.com You can find my music across all digital platforms including Spotify and iTunes. See you next time. for an interactive workshop on how to overcome low self-esteem for your next festival, youth event or schools workshop. Why not book me, Lily Joe, to lead my brand new I Am Worthy workshop where I teach 
practices on how to overcome low self-esteem. This workshop is not just for girls, but it's for your guys as well. Find a link in the description box below to book today. And don't forget to use the unique discount code eavesdrop for 10% off. Dress, baby, like one, two, Are you feeling stuck? Do you need a little help to get your life back on track? Do you have big dreams but don't know where to start? Why not book a session with me where we can explore together your dreams and turn them into a reality? I offer life coaching to individuals through my unstoppable life coaching business. Why not find a link in the description box below and book today? And don't forget to use the unique discount code eavesdrop for an extra 10% off. Dress, baby, like one, two, three. You can never put chains on.